Hey everybody, it's Pitch Intense Podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I almost did the intro. I got confused there for a That's second. That's okay, Mark. But I'm Jacob. He's Mark. We're here. We are here, yes. I'll let you go back to work. I'm sorry. That's right? okay. I'm, I'm stepping on your toes. <laughs> that was fun. I, I like when intros are fun like that. And you don't they know what's up. coming. Yeah. You know? But uh, we're here uh, excited to talk movies where we talk about a little news, talk about a little movies, the saw ones we saw. The ones we're excited to see. Yeah. But then at the end, we always do something special, something no other podcast does. No <laughs> one else could even think to do. Yes. It's... Uh, we we pitch movies, Mark. We do. We we think of a movie every week. It's yep. not easy to do. It's not. Uh, but we think of a movie and we pitch it, and then what? If, the other one has to decide whether or not to green light it. Uh huh. And what are uh? Have we? How are we doing on the green lights? All but one. All but one. Yeah. Uh, we got to kind of redeem that. <laughs> and we'll one. get to that later. <laughs> but let's know. just say the Airbud fans were not happy. No. So we are going to fix that. I hope today. <laughs> I, I hope so too, Mark. They're barking at us. <laughs> They're barking up the wrong podcast. Yeah. Before we get to that, we do like to talk. We like to begin talking about uh, kind of what our weekends. Um, we saw together um, Next Goal Wins. We did. Week. And you can hear your review of it on. First in line. Yes. And I have some news for you. I'm afraid you're going to be mad at me. What, 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 Mark? I went to a movie without you. Uh-oh, what was it? Uh, holdovers. Whoa! What do you think? Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. Uh uh-uh. uh. I loved it. Really? Yes. Okay, that means I'm gonna love it. Because if you loved it, I might go again with you. Uh-huh. If you want to go, uh, there's a lot I want to see, so I might not. But I like. I was hanging out with my buddy Wes, and uh-huh. we just decided to go see a movie, and he was like, "I kind of want to see this holdovers movie." Yeah, so lots of people are talking about it. It was Paul Giamatti's really great. It's kind of interesting. I didn't notice it in the previews, but his character has like a like a droopy, like lazy eye. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm, I remember like leaning over to Wes, like he's he always looked at it. Wes is like, no, I don't think so. And then they bring it up. It takes a long time to bring it up. Uh-huh. And I, so I don't know if it was done with CGI or how, but it was like I mean, it looked real. Some actors can do that. Maybe I like don't... like remember Bill Skarsgård and it how he did the stuff with his eyes. No, but like his like it was like hanging low. Oh, like, really? Like he may have had a seizure. Oh, and like part of him was like, I don't yeah. know. That might have been CGI then, something that. It, it was yeah. very good to do it the whole time, and like I didn't even couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I because I was on the fence whether or not I want to see this movie. Yeah, because I don't like his other stuff. Alexander Payne. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's very um, you know depressing. It's like depressing without like any reason for like what am I getting out of this other than just being depressed? It's kind of melancholy, like all his movies are a little. Yeah, bit. and this one's melancholy, but th- there's some at the end that kind of really made me feel good, uh-huh. and I was like, okay, I really like that. Yeah. Um, Wes Wes thought he thought it was okay. He said he thought it was slow in parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some big things that he didn't feel that it addressed. But I was, I was like, well, I think the way this guy's movies work, like those big things aren't going to be addressed over the span of you know a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like he had a he had a good point, but that was, but we both really liked it. So oh, I can't wait now, Mark. I I loved it. All the critic people were saying it was good, but hearing you, because I know you love Christmas movies a lot. Like I, do, I do, I do. And well, yeah, and this is a different one. This is, I mean, it's pretty depressing. There's a lot of very heavy heavy elements. Really. Yeah, there's um, 
uh, black woman. I think she's in the preview. But yeah, I remember seeing her yeah. story is pretty major. Really? And the thing Wes and I were talking about it, we were like, it takes place in the ni- in the year 1970 because mm-hmm. it ends with uh, them counting down to 1971. Oh, okay. So 1970 is majority of the year, and it would have been so easy to have like a, a racist like subplot in it, and there just isn't. They do that a lot in movies back then. We, it would have yeah. been so easy. Uh-huh. I mean, it would have been like an easy way to like, oh, well, here's a controversy to have. And nobody does. Like, it oh, doesn't. Good. And I was really, yeah, I was really impressed. Like, it was like, you know, they just didn't broach it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, not to say that you can't, but I think that it could be very lazily done. Yeah, and especially with the movie that's already got a lot going on in it. Yeah, you don't need <laughs> anything else. Yeah. Um, very... Uh, I, I think you'll love it. Okay, I can't wait, Mark. Yeah, I, at the end of it, I was like tearing up and like, like trying not to hold stuff back. Oh man, very good movie. <laughs> uh, so I'd be, I would, uh, I'd recommend it. Awesome! I can't wait to see it. Uh, yeah, there's so much in theaters right now. I, actually, over the weekend, I went to see the new Hunger Games prequel. And I also did a podcast episode about that. I was ask you because I, I didn't get a notice on that one, so yeah. I got to check that out still. Yep, I did. I, it's kind of crazy. I did two in a row, and uh, I I really really loved uh, this new Hunger Games prequel, and I was kind of surprised by how much I enjoyed it because I always have liked the Hunger Games movies. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed them, especially like I was a pretty big fan of them. And then Mockingjay Part One and Two came along, and they were good. But after they were over, I was kind of like, I'm done with Hunger Games. I, I'm, I don't need any more. That's how I felt about Game of Thrones. Yeah. Once Game of Thrones was done, and they're like, well, we're going to redo it. And they're like, I, I think I'm done. Yeah, yeah. That's I how it feels it. sometimes, you know. Uh, but the prequel's good. And I don't really like prequels, you know. I'm kind of a guy who's like, I don't really need them. And especially with Hunger Games, I was like, why do we need something with that? But they actually proved to me, oh, wow, th- this felt needed. It yeah. felt like it made sense. Um, it's it's great. I don't think it's my favorite Hunger Games film, but I, I did like it a lot. My, I think it's my is second it gonna, favorite. Is it going to be a series? You think? Like, is it going to is it restarting a new franchise or is it a standalone? It, it could be a standalone. They could do another prequel because this one goes back like sixty years, so they could do another one like somewhere in between there if they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, it, it basically it's about President Snow, who was played by Donald Sutherland in the yeah. movies, and and. Uh, it's kind of like how he his downfall, you know, and um, I, I was surprised because he starts out as a pretty good guy, and I thought that was interesting. I was like, yeah, I, I don't know much about the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. but I always thought he was the villain. Yeah, he is. So he and so like this one, they, they portray him. It's like he almost looks like the hero. Like he almost looks like he's working with her, and like they they have a relationship. Yeah, and they like each other, and he's out to protect her. In the Hunger Games, you know? Because yeah. he's like her mentor, they call it. Yeah. And I was curious when the movie started. I was like, how are they going to make me feel bad for him? I mean, not feel bad for him, but make me think, oh, this guy's not good. I see how he became that later on. Mm-hmm. And they do. And I... I, I do I, they do it all in one movie? Or yeah, do you think he has more... A two, one movie, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, you could tell he had 50 years to get worse, you know, from, yeah. from then on. But they did a good job. The movie's long. It's two and a half hours, but they did a great job of doing that all. And um, Rachel Zegler, by the way, she's great. Like, she's she, still white, right? Yeah. That's who she is? Okay. And, and after this movie, I'm like, I see why. I mean, she was great in the West Side Story remake, but in this, she sings, her character sings and stuff. And 
it was like some of my favorite parts of the movie when she sang. Really? She's really, she's got a really beautiful voice. And I can see it's a Snow White sounding voice. I can see why mm-hmm. they, they were like, oh, we need her to be Snow White. So how, how many, how much time does the movie cover? How much time does the passes in the movie? I'd say uh, a little over a year. So it doesn't go super far, but you see a lot. You get a whole Hunger Games in there and more. And um, it's also interesting how they show the Hunger Games in the past. Because in the new the, the movies that, you know, original Hunger Games movies, you could tell they've been doing it a while, you know. Mm-hmm. And in this, they're still starting to figure things out. Like, I don't know if you remember, but the new the original one, Stanley Tucci was the host, you know. Yeah. And in this one, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, I saw that. He was the first host of the Hunger Games. He's fantastic in it, Mark. So are these the first Hunger Games then? The 10th. This is the 10th one that this takes place Would you like to see a movie where they do the first Hunger Games? Maybe. I mean... Do you think that would work? I I think it could. So let me ask you this. So my problem with the prequels, I don't necessarily... Because I I obviously think X-Men First Class is my favorite X-Men movie. Uh Uh-huh. I really do. Yeah, oh, First Class is great. Yeah. But But it has a problem in it, which I notice. And Solo definitely had this problem where it's just like... They want to give you everything right away. Uh-huh. So all these important character development moments happen in the movie. Like in Solo, he meets Chewbacca. Yeah. They get the they get the Millennium Falcon. He does the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Mm-hmm. All of that happens in like a span of like a, a couple weeks. Uh-huh. Same thing with X-Men. Yeah. You know? And I just like, if you're... If you are going to play this as a franchise, save something for later. Yeah. Like, it just, like, it, it really irritates me how much stuff they cram into one movie just because, you know, that's that's what we want to see. Oh, definitely. But it's, it, at the same time, like, I don't want to, I don't think it should happen all on a weekend. Uh-huh. You know no. what I mean? That <laughs> uh, was a great weekend. It was a great, yeah. So... I'm glad you liked it, though. Yeah, and I didn't feel that way about this one. Mm-hmm. Also, it did a good job of, like, explaining how the Hunger Games, like, why they do them. You know, obviously it's not a good reason, but it, it's not like the Purge where it's just like, oh, we just do it because the... Uh, Makes you feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, like, a reason. It's because there's a war going on, and I thought they did a better job, like, talking about that than they did in the original Hunger Games movies. Probably because it's more recent to when they started them, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I did miss Jennifer Lawrence, though. I, I always do. She's the best. She, well, you can watch No Hard Feelings again. That's, that's true, Mark. Uh, I watched that finally. Um, <laughs> any news or anything you want to discuss? Oh, Mark, I saw this tweet. Yes. I think you're going to think it's pretty funny. Um, so, obviously, next year, it's kind of slim pickings for us comic book fans. There's not a lot coming out. It's, well, yeah. It Compared is, to other years. Well, it, yes, it's true. <laughs> it is very true. Especially, like, one year where Marvel had, like, seven movies in a year. Yep. Yeah, it is. And we got, like, one Marvel movie, I think one DC movie. And then um, somebody tweeted that, you know, with superhero fatigue kind of coming in, it's probably not the best that they're only releasing one, but Sony's releasing three Spider-Man without Spider-Man movies. It's, it's, well, I mean, never in a million years did I think we'd get a Craven movie. Yeah. He hasn't even been shown as a villain in one of the movies. He's getting his own movie, which is fine because I love Craven the Hunter. Craven's one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for it. I'll go see it. But yeah. it's, uh, Madam Web? Like, yep. She never would have made him like the, the the idea of Madame Web getting her own movie is is ridiculous. Yeah. 
So it is. It is weird. I mean, it's also you got to keep in mind. It's not just because of superhero fatigue setting in. It's also because of the strikes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, know. I mean, they had to push all the Marvel stuff back. Like Deadpool was supposed to be before that, and um, Thunderbolts. I mm-hmm. was, think was supposed to be next year, but I'm excited for Venom three. I like the Venom movies. I really do too. <laughs> I like the Venom movies despite themselves. I do too. Well, I well, you know how big of a fan I am of the Tick, right? Yeah. And so I've always tried to think. I was like, if you, especially the second one, they're not great Venom movies, yeah. but they're kind of good Tick movies. They're fun because like Eddie Brock is Arthur and the symbiote is Tick. Yeah. And, like, the way they talk to each other and the way. Like, the, the symbiote is written like the tick. Uh-huh. And so I think that's why I like it so much. Or <laughs> it's just like, it's a tick movie to me. Oh, and another thing is, if, like, that Venom ever encountered Spider-Man, it's to the point where it's like, I, I don't think he'd have a problem with Spider-Man. Like, you know, like, they're always like, you know, I know at some point they want to connect him. But it's yeah. like, Eddie Brock would probably love Spider-Man because he's like an undercover journalist and he seems like a guy who's like, always for the little guy. Well, yeah, well in the comp, yeah. <laughs> like, I, it is, well, like, they, they have to change all the origins. Yeah. So, the problem they had such an issue with Spider-Man is that Eddie Brock was a journalist. They kind of hint at something in the first movie. Uh-huh. Because in, in the comic, he was a journalist who, there was a character called the Sin Eater. Yeah. Who, would, who was like, just murdering people. He was mm-hmm. just a murderer. And nobody knew who he was. He wore like a ski mask. He was a very, not very comic booky comic book character. Eddie Brock thought he figured out who the Sin Eater was and broke this story. Uh huh. But then Spider Man stops it and pulls the mask off, and he, it turns out Eddie Brock was wrong. Oh no! Yeah, so it like kind of turns him into like a laughing stock, and he yeah. loses his, um, you know, loses his reputation. As a journalist. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, then, of course, Spider-Man is wearing, gets the symbiote, finds out it's alive, rejects it, gets it off him, and then it gets into, into Eddie. They become Venom, and then they realize they both have a reason to hate Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Oh. So that's sort of where that hatred comes from. So... They could probably do something like that. They, yeah. How, how are they going to do that, though? I mean, they've set up that the symbiote is going to be in the, you know, Andrew, or the Tom Holland universe mm-hmm. now which i guess is the regular marvel universe so and he seems like a decent guy too like the symbiote like he's like i don't really want to eat humans anymore <laughs> you know yeah i don't know <laughs> they I... could make it like a captain america civil war thing too where it's like you like both of them and they both have good points you know yeah yeah i don't know how they'll do it I, you're right it's a really interesting point now that you bring it up like how are they going to uh, connect the two. And Morbius yeah. seems like a good guy, too. He's like, I'm just a doctor who wants to help people. Morbius was never really that much of a villain. Really? Yeah, even, even like, right, right away. Like, mm-hmm. the people, he did attack people on, like, a ship. Yeah. Um, but they were, like, bad people. And, I mean, he was just, like, like a vampire where yeah. he just overcame with hunger. But he was always, like, there was an issue. I thought it was really interesting. There's an issue where uh, Susan Storm... Or Susan Richards, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was pregnant with her child. And there was, like, complications. And it had to do with radiation in the blood. And and whenever that happens in comics, um, which makes me sad that Tony Stark is dead, because we'll never see it in the movies, They like, the, the smartest people get together. So they always call on everybody else. Yeah. So you'd have, like, Reed Richards there. And it's, like, you know, probably Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe D- Hank McCoy, who's the Beast from X-Men. And in that instance, uh, Morbius was there. 
Oh, really? Yeah, because he's an expert with blood. Yeah. And so I thought it was kind of interesting that he called Morbius in. Like, so he was, like, working with him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, he, he's, I mean, he, he, he can be a villain, but I, I don't, I mean, I think he's always more of an anti-hero. This is a vampire. You know who they went to to get help? Dr. Octopus. Really? Yeah, because he's an expert in radiation, so oh. that's who he had to go for. Anywho. They didn't have a choice. They didn't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess we'll see how that goes. Uh, if those, I don't I mean, think the Sony the, even why, knows. Did they even? <laughs> did they ever announce why they delayed Craven? Craven? I I don't. I think it was because of the actor strike and the writer strike. I think. I, think, I don't think so. Oh, really? Think, was it before? Wasn't it supposed to come out in August? Yeah, but that that was going on then, though. That that was going on because the the actor strike. Yeah, but if it was coming out in August, it wouldn't be done. Oh yeah, that's a good point, Mark. Because they have released stuff since then, so... I don't know. Maybe it wasn't actually done. <laughs> I, uh, maybe it's just not good. That, that's possible, too. Sony might, I mean, they did that with Morbius. They had a couple... I mean, it got delayed because of COVID, but then it got delayed just because. Just then it got re-released. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, because of memes. That was funny. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Anything else on your plate? Anything you want to talk about? I don't think so, Mark. What, what's your next movie you're going to see? Oh. Well, we're probably not going to see it together because we're going to be uh, holidaying. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking because there's a lot I want to see. Um, uh, Wish looks cool. Um, uh, Thanksgiving, I still want to see that. I want to see Thanksgiving. Um, there's so many movies, Mark. Uh, there was something else. Uh, I probably will end up seeing Napoleon at some point, even though I wasn't like super hot on that one. But uh, the only thing I know about Napoleon is how he died, which is very famous. Really? Yeah, you know about that, right? What? what? Was, Are you serious? What happened? Well, you get hit with a cannon. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know his that. His last words were, now I'm Napoleon blowing apart. <laughs> Is that for real? Yeah, just... that really happened. What? <laughs> the last thing he said was, now I'm Napoleon blowing apart. It's a pretty cool last line. I'm not going to lie. It is pretty cool. I can always appreciate a good pun, so. I, I feel like I'm going to have to watch Bill and Ted's just to get ready. Uh, it's probably just as accurate, Mark, because I heard Ridley Scott's under fire. Because they're like, they pointed out some accuracies and they interviewed him. And he told the reporter to like, he said F you or something. What were the inaccuracies? I, I don't remember, but I, I that's why the other day I sent you that Olive Garden thing because that was making fun. Oh, that's what that, I saw that, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that was. Does that bother you? Not really. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to come on here and act like I'm going to point. That's the thing. The thing that bugs me is every time they have a accuracy, like an inaccuracy in a movie, all of a sudden, everybody's an expert about it. Yes. That's what bugged me about Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. All of a sudden, and I, I really enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody. I did too. But the, obviously, there was stuff in it that it was different. Well, but, they, I, I understand having to make changes yeah. for, the, for the narrative of the story. It, it's got to flow. You yeah. Know? It really you does. Know, and it's like, you know, people are like, well, he didn't have like live aid. He wasn't already infected with AIDS. Like, I don't care. Yeah, it makes that scene more impactful. Though. It does. Yeah, you know, having to tell them about like, yeah, it really does. And there's a lot of movies like that. And it's funny because people pick and choose. And here's the thing: every movie that's based off a true story does that. Yeah. That, that's why it says it's based off a true story. It's not the exact true story. Yeah, it's, it's not a documentary. Of yeah. Well, that's the thing. One of my favorite movies of all time is Braveheart. Yeah, Braveheart's and great. all I ever hear is about, well, you know, it's not historically accurate. That's not accurate. Yeah. That's not how, it's like, I don't care. Uh -huh. I don't care if that's how it happened. Like, I don't, 
I'm not here for a history lesson. I'm not no. going to be a history teacher. Like, when I watched Braveheart for the first time, I wasn't even thinking about that. No. You know? So, yeah. I And I, I think the really good movies, it's like... I, if people just, for some reason, they like to pick on some and they don't like to pick on others. I don't well, know Well, I'll why. tell you what. If for nothing else, even if it is all inaccurate... Yeah. We're going to get a great history buffs uh, episode from it. And well, that's n- enough. That's true. And I love history buffs. He's pretty so. good. He one. is great. Yeah. So... Free plug for the history bus. Yeah. <laughs> he ripped Braveheart apart. He, oh, I bet. And he loved 300. He did? Yeah. Oh, was it accurate? More? No, he says it's because it's not about, it's about a, um, it's about a guy riling up the troops. Oh, it is? So yeah. that's, that's why it all works. He's like, he doesn't necessarily have to be logical or uh, historically accurate because he's, he's telling the troops, oh. this is why he died and we need to fight for him. Um, so, so I would have been shocked if that one was, I was like, man, I really don't know much about history if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to see Napoleon. I don't care. I don't care if it's inaccurate. Yeah. I don't either. I'm good with it. I mean, I, I it could end with it. I don't know. As well, long as he end, gets like hit said, by a cannonball and says, now I'm Napoleon blowing apart. Yeah. I'm okay with it. And that's in, like, Joaquin Phoenix's Oscar clip. <laughs> I would love that. And then he dances on the stairs. Oh, the yeah, point. he's got him, Mark. Oh, yeah, he has to do that again. Uh, anyway, uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we go to our next segment? Nope, not yet. I mean, not now. <laughs> anyway, next week, or uh, not next week. Well, real quick, we'll do a plug. Um... What's our Instagram, if you want to share our Instagram? Oh, yeah, it's on. Pitch Intense Pod, all one word. Yep, so give us a like, give us a follow on uh, Instagram. If you oh, give, yeah. if you follow us on Instagram, you get a mini pitch that we'll read on here that we'll write about everybody who gives us a follow on the Instagram. So if you want a mini pitch, or uh, if you want to do your own pitch, maybe you have an idea, uh, follow our Patreon. Join our Patreon. Please do. Yes, we really need the money. Um, we're both hurting for money. My computer exploded last week. I got shards of computer screen in my face still. It was scary, man. It was scary. Anyway, uh, since this week we are uh, about to enjoy Thanksgiving, we're two days away. I know, I can't From the most thankful day of the year. Yep. We are two days away from Thanksgiving. We have been discussing movie movies we are thankful for. Yeah. Now, what, what, what does that mean? Movies that have made an impact on our life or maybe gave us a good memory or a good thing from it. Yeah, yeah. so we, when we started this idea, we were like, well, if we're going to do movies, what does that mean? Is it just our favorite movies? Because that's all we're going to talk about. It's yeah. like, well, this is my favorite movie. I'm thankful for this movie. So it's not necessarily the movie itself. It might be the experience or what that movie, how that movie impacted our lives. Mm-hmm. So uh, would you like to go first? Oh, sure, Mark. All right. Um, so... I actually got a Thanksgiving movie I'm thankful Ooh. for. Ooh. Let me get... I, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Sorry, I did well, There's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies out there. I think there's that and Thanksgiving. And Scent of a Woman, uh, Ooh, which is great, I didn't know that too. was... Oh, yeah. Yep. Takes this is like reverse Scent of a Woman, by the way. It, Holdovers is? It is, really? Kind of. Oh, because I mean, he's staying in the college. And yeah. they can all see. Yep, yep, yep. So it's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it is, Mark. Anyway. But Planes, Trains, and Automobiles... For one, I just love the movie. You know, it's an all-time classic. And I think it's cool. John Hughes is like, I want to make a Thanksgiving movie, you know. And he does a good job bringing in those heartwarming vibes, you know. John Candy is always great. But I think 
as Del Griffith, there's something even more special there. You know, he just I, I just feel like he really it's one of his standout performances in his career. And he did gave a lot of those, but yeah. Um, and then Steve Martin's great. And Steve Martin plays a good jerk. And mm-hmm. in that movie, he, he is not the nicest guy, but you see, based off what I heard about Steve Martin, uh huh. I don't think that's far from who he is. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, kind of. So they were like, just be yourself, Steve. And I don't think he cares. He doesn't. No, I think he's the type of guy. It's like, yeah, it's me. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. But anyway, okay, continue. <laughs> but um, I, I love the movie. I think it's amazing, and it's so funny and heartwarming. And um, I, I, I say I'm thankful for it because I remember when I wrote at the Iowa State Daily in college, I my beat was local music slash entertainment. Mm-hmm. And over Thanksgiving break one time, I just was like to my editor, "Hey, can I write an article about?" Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles because it's having like an anniversary this year. And he's like, sure. And I did. And I don't know if the article is the best one I ever wrote or anything, but it was like the first time when I realized, wow, hey, I can talk about movies and people are going to listen and it might get somewhere, you Mm -hmm. know? And uh, it's just one of those things that I've always, it's always stuck with me, you know, since then. It probably sounds kind of silly, but... No, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. I've always had a connection with that. Another, I loved the movie before that, but... It, it's always been special since then, too. So. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what got us here. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't know if I would be as vocal about my love for movies. I mean, I probably would have been with you yeah. as a friend, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I would have been like, oh, I want to share it in places, you know, yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. Can I tell you something? Probably won't get mad at me. What's that, Mark? Never thought the movie was funny. I know. You know you don't like it. You told me that before, I actually. watched it. I was like, I don't get it. Oh, I love it. I don't, I don't get what well, I don't get. I don't get it. Well, it's okay, Mark. It's just like how I don't get Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Well, neither do I. And I'm not watching that dumb new anime about it, so (laughs) (laughs) sorry to go hard on Scott Pilgrim, but... Yeah, that's a Scott Pilgrim But that's what he gets for... It's true, Mark. They made me sit through that movie, and that was was enough. It took me like three times to finish that movie. Finally, I was just like, I'm just going to finish it, and I was like, I don't... We're talking about movies I'm not thankful for. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. (laughs) I mean, neither. It felt... It felt like it was too charmed with itself. Yeah. Like, look how clever I am. It was really insisting upon it. It was. <laughs> uh, movie experiences I'm thankful for. Um, so I have to go back to the 1990s. I think it was 1996 or 7. Um, and around the same time, it feels like right around within the same couple months. It probably wasn't. It's was probably a year or so, a couple of years. But it feels like right around the same time, two movies released. Uh, one called Bottle Rocket, which is Wes Anderson's first movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, Waiting for Guffman, which is another movie, which is Christopher Guest. We've talked about that a couple times. We did last week. Yeah. (laughs) So, and neither one of these, of course, are big box office kind of, they're not major releases. Mm -hmm. They're very small, uh, independent movies uh, that started careers, but it really opened my eyes over what I could see or like what movies could be I guess Mm -hmm. um it didn't always have to be the big blockbuster the big biggest movie in the theater like Ace Ventura yeah uh or you know Independence Day I could find there there are these other movies out there that are getting made that are just as good many times if not better Uh uh-huh that um uh that I was able to find mm-hmm. and like 
I was th- I'm thankful for those because it really kind of opened up my horizons when it came to what kind of movies I could like and what movies are being made. You yeah, know I, mean? I feel like Martin Scorsese when I'm talking about that, but it really was. It's <laughs> like there's this whole other area of movie that mm-hmm. exists, yeah. and I you know I probably was just uh, ignorant or oblivious of it mm-hmm. at the time, and then those really kind of opened up. And I will tell you, I do have a specific memory. Of uh, going to see, which is now one of my all-time favorite movies, the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, great! Uh, Royal Tenenbaums, of course, became it's probably my favorite um, Wes Anderson movie, uh, and it's just one I watch all the time. And especially like if I'm feeling down, mm-hmm. it's a great it's a great if you're not in a good mood movie to watch. Yeah, uh, I saw that in theaters with my brother Andy. Mm-hmm. You know him. We saw it in the, for the theaters in the first time, and Wes Anderson, or Wes Anderson, Owen Wilson's character in the movie, uh, he has a big plot, a big subplot of his character is dealing with him having a drug problem. Yeah. And so they go to confront him about the drugs, they go to his apartment, and it's not part of the story, but his apartment is covered in these weird paintings where it's like guys that are dressed up like Native Americans, mm-hmm. but they're on like four-wheelers <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing and i'll never forget how hard my brother and i were laughing at these <laughs> at those paintings it's really random yeah and it's like they never they never mention them it's not like it's not like somebody takes a moment to look at it like what is this uh-uh. they're just there yeah nobody brings them up and the, the longer they were on screen and nobody even, like, referring to them, uh-huh. the harder we were laughing. And it was like a point where I think Andy had to leave the theater. Really? Yeah, because he was like, and it was like a quiet, serious moment. Uh-huh. And we could not stop laughing. <laughs> and it was maybe the funniest thing. Like, it's one of those things where it's like you're laughing so hard. Uh-huh. But then you're trying not to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that you're trying not to laugh means that you you laugh harder than you would have in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'll never forget that moment. And I laughed so hard at that. And it was just, and again, that's like an experience I uh, I really appreciate it. I, I'll never forget that. So I love that, Mark. Yeah, it I, was rough. Wes Anderson's great. Except for the one this year. <laughs> the one, yeah, we bashed. You bashed on the podcast. I did. I bashed. I mean, I may have to watch it again. Sometimes, I don't think I liked Rushmore the first time I saw it. And and you showed me that one. And yeah. I, I loved it. Actually, Mark, it, there was a moment in Next Goal Wins that was kind of like that moment you were referring to in Royal Tenenbaums where there's something in the background Nobody says anything. Oh yeah! At the end of the movie, yeah, let's yeah. not forget. Yes, it was. <laughs> it's kind of a spoiler, a little, I think. But yeah, it was so funny, and it was one of those things where, like, that one I had to like look at for a while. Yeah, like, is that what it looks like? Is that what I think it is? Uh huh. And then I'm like, it is. And I thought they were going to explain it, like, in a flashback no. or something, and they never did. I imagine he just, like, let's just put him there. Yeah. Let's just put a guy there and make it this, like, this happen at some point. Well, Taika Waititi's that kind of guy. I yeah, see I think so. That. Maybe he saw the four-wheeler. Maybe. <laughs> or like... he just has the same sense of humor <laughs> as us. Um, anyway, that was mine. It That's was, it... really good, Mark. Yeah, thank you. I love those segments because I feel like we really got to talk about our love for film. And I know what you mean. Like, there is a point. I, I reached a point in my life. I was probably about the same age. It was when I was in high school. And when we first got our Netflix streaming subscription, I remember, like, there'd been all these movies on there. Mm-hmm. And it'd be movies that I'd never heard of. Yeah. And then we watched them. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, one I remember very vividly 
I was actually rewatching for my dad last week, Goon, with Sean William yeah, Scott. Yeah, Movie that nobody talked about. And I remember watching that on Netflix and being, this is the greatest thing, you know? So, like... I remember, um... Because I, wor- I worked at a DVD distribution company mm-hmm. for the longest time. And they would give us screeners. And that would be, like, a thing we would do. Uh-huh. So I would get, like, the weirdest ones I could find... That's when I watched the Serbian film. Really? Are you familiar with the Serbian film? I don't film? think so, Mark. Read it. Read the uh, Wikipedia entry on it, and okay. you will be disgusted. <laughs> okay. We watched Serbian film. We watched Human Centipede. Oh, okay. We watched this crazy one about clowns that, like, one kidnaps the other one's wife or something, and it was the weirdest movie. It was like in <laughs> Portuguese. It was like the weirdest movie. <laughs> so we watched stuff like that. We watched Rubber. Uh, oh, the tire one. Yeah, that yeah. was stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Human Centipede was fun because I live tweeted it and one person had to take it took all of his name off all the tweets. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've watched <laughs> we watched ninety percent of Human Centipede two until we were finally like, you know what? I don't think so. You're like, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> your, your point's kind of made. Um. Anyway, so it's the end of the month. It's not quite December, but. We're getting there. We are getting there. Yeah, the greatest month of the year. It is the greatest month. <laughs> so anyway, what we like to do is we like to look at the month and see what movies we want to see. Mm-hmm. So looking at uh, IMDb's December releases, uh, there's like some of these here that I just like, December 4th, I don't know what this is. Um, it came from Dimension X. Oh, that sounds scary. Okay, let's do this. December 1st. <laughs> Uh, Godzilla minus one. That might be fun. I kind of want to see it. I'm not a huge Godzilla fan, but I do kind of want to see it. Is it a prequel? Because they're like minusing one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Uh-uh. Um, the shift, which I don't even know what that is. So I, I don't talking. know that one either. Sean Astin. Oh, I saw a preview for that. I like Sean Astin, so. This looks bizarre. Wes and I saw a preview for this where it looks like a guy who's jumping between... Uh, dimensions. Oh, guess what is coming out that day? What? The bike riders. Oh, it got delayed. Oh, so oh, it's, it's not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's impo- that, that that bums me out, Mark. Because we're excited because Tom Hardy's talking with a funny voice and yeah. <laughs> when you know that, you're up for an interesting time. Um, the bike riders. I wonder where that got. Did, do they have a delay a day for it? Nope, not yet. I hope he doesn't poop his pants out like he did in that one movie. <sighs> Laurie's Capone. Yeah. <laughs> that movie was awful. Silent Night. That looks fun. That looks cool. I'll yeah. see that one. And, and it's from the director, uh, John Woo, who did uh, Face Off and a bunch of other action films. So, uh, I guess that's... Oh, there's that's an interesting one. <laughs> so let's go now to December 8th. Poor Thing, starring Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo. I don't know that I like the looks of that movie. I the trailer was too weird for me. I I mean I've heard it's good, but I don't know, Mark. What do you think? I I don't know that I would want. I mean, it's one that's piqued my interest just because it's so weird. And, and Emma Stone's in it, and Mark Ruffalo. Well, do you know she has like graphic sexy? Oh, like 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 crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, like almost shocking. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, that's not why I would go. I mean, that's all on the internet, but 
I, it's just, I, I, what is this? Yeah, like, I don't know. What, what kind of movie is this? I'm kind of interested. And, it, like, parts of the trailer looked normal, but then it would get, like, really trippy. It was weird. Yeah. I've never heard of this one, but it's got Pierce Brosnan. Fast Charlie? Oh, I haven't heard of that one yet either, Mark. But I'd watch it. <laughs> it's a sequel to his other movie, Slow Charlie. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, a lot of these I don't know. The Oath. I just skip most of these. The Oath. Mm-hmm. Okay, 15th. <laughs> Gotta be getting something here. Wonka. Oh, Wonka looks fun. Yeah, I mean, I've already got to go to it. Yeah, we're, I, that was one I was like, I'm pretty sure we will. There's a movie coming out called Control. Oh. Kevin Spacey. Oh, really? I like... Oh, I used to like him. I don't Didn't anymore. he get all that dropped or something happened with that? Yeah. I thought it was so. right when we were making fun of him, and it's like the, like the next day, like all got dropped. Yeah, right. I, yeah, we really were. Hard. Well, maybe we should have been. I don't know. But anyway, it's kind of crazy. He has a new movie coming out, though. Like, yeah, I, I thought he'd be too caught up in stuff, legal stuff. But I will probably not. I mean, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't either. Twenty second. Anyone but you. Oh, Sydney Sweeney, Glenn Powell. It's got Sydney Sweeney in it. I, I'm I'm excited for it. I will say the first trailer was really bad, um, and it was funny. Which one did you see? Well, I saw the original teaser. I there's a new one out that I guess is a lot better. What did it make it look like a serious like? Yeah, yeah. The thing that I thought was funny in it, there's a part where Sydney Sweeney says, "Who's gonna believe us two would go out with each other?" And I was like, "You guys are two like really ridiculously good looking people." I don't think it'd be that hard to believe. Well, you need to watch the other preview because they hate each other. Really? Okay. That's the whole point. It it's, makes sense. It's but... that classic, we're going to go on a, to a wedding and pretend to be the other one's girlfriend or significant mm-hmm. other. I wish I, I would go out with Sydney, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't I want to hate her. Don't let Alexandra Daddario find out. Oh, I'd go out with her too, Mark. <laughs> um, you're going to go out with all of them? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'll see it just for her. And I like Glenn Powell too. Would you go out with Glenn Powell? I don't know. He's pretty cool, Mark. He's charming. I mean, as uh, Hangman and Top Gun Maverick, he was great. Um, I I don't know. I, I really don't see I'm, see me seeing that. This one I saw a preview for, and I'm actually very excited Ooh. about. It's a pro wrestling movie. Oh, is that the Zac Efron one? Yeah, the yeah. Iron Claw. Have I, you seen anything on it? I have. It looks good. It looks. We saw yeah. a preview before. I had. I don't even know who they are. Really? Yeah, I'm not familiar. Somebody in the preview looked. Just like Ric Flair. Oh. So I don't know if he's going to be... Like, I kind of hope Ric Flair... Cause, like, a guy playing Ric Flair shows up. That'd be cool. Iron I, Claw looks great. I'll see it. It's got nothing on Heels and Faces, though, Mark. Oh, Heels and Faces is the greatest wrestling movie never made. <laughs> we go back to about a year ago. Can you believe we've been doing this I, for I about a year? I can't believe it. It's crazy. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going. Already got tickets. Yep. we got to support our Iowa boy. We do. Yeah, we're all family, so... I'm interested to see how that does, too, because I'm wondering, like, if that movie comes out and it, it does really well, what's DC going to do? Like, I don't know. Because <laughs> I think people really... The first Aquaman made a bunch of money. It, yeah, I know. It, that's why I'm wondering if this one's going to, because I think people like Jason Momoa. Yeah. And for one, I think Aquaman is a pretty... Like, even people that aren't into superheroes, they know about Aquaman, you know? Yeah, he, he's not the level of Superman, Batman, but he's, like, probably just beneath. Yeah. He had a big push, like, in the 60s and 70s. Everybody knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of became a joke character for a while. <laughs> which, 
Um, Migration. Oh, that's the duck movie. It looks kind of cute. I don't have any interest in it, to be honest with you. Won't be as good as Mario, but... Ferrari. Oh, that looks alright. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see it. I kind of wish... I mean, it's a biopic about the guy, so I don't know how much racing is going to be in it. I hope there's a lot, but I don't know. But it's about racing or about the car company? Uh, Enzo Ferrari. So it's, I think it's kind of about both. The color purple? That looks good, but I'm interested because I don't. Have you seen the original Color Purple movie, Mark? By the way, I, I don't know if I'll see Ferrari. No, I have not seen the original, it, the Steven Spielberg one. It's a great movie, mm-hmm. but it deals with some really serious stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's like abuse and all sorts of stuff going on in it, and I'm wondering how are they going to make that into a musical? Yeah, well, I was like, do they like? Does she become like a singer in the original one? I didn't. Think. I don't think so. No, I don't remember that. But I, I'm curious to see it because it looks like cool. The trailers it are looks neat. good, and there's a, but and I guess there is a Broadway musical, so it's not like they're just pulling this out of thin air or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I, I'm, I'm going to see it, uh, and uh, Spielberg's direct, I mean, producing it too mm-hmm. this time. So I might go see it. Yeah, the boys in the boats. That looks good. We saw the trailer we saw for that. For that, we were we were laughing at it before we went in. <laughs> is that one the one that's directed? Is that directed by George Clooney? Yep. Um, we were like, kind of like, what's this movie about? Is it about boys and boats? <laughs> and then we saw a preview for it before we saw Next Goal Wins, and we were both like, that looks really good. Yeah. I'm sorry for making fun of it. I could see me wanting to see this. I, I could think see it me looks going good. To it. Yeah. I think it's going to be kind of like Next Goal Wins, a feel good, like, sports story. Yeah, but it's not going to be a comedy. No, no. But by the way, going back to Next School Wins, I've been thinking about this. Because I was reading, I was interested why it got such bad reviews. Uh-huh. Because it didn't get the best reviews. No, it was kind of weird. It was like in the 40%. And I was like, that's really low. Well, I think a lot of people are saying it's formulaic. Mm-hmm. Which I think it was. Like, you you even said it reminded you of Cool Runnings. I felt a lot of Eddie the Eagle. Yeah. Where it's like, it's a sports movie, but winning is not important to him yeah like they even say it they're like you know i mean both those like eddie the eagle he's like i, I don't care about winning he's they like, just want to prove themselves yeah that's not the point the, the eddie the i mean yeah i'm gonna try and make it about eddie eagle because i don't want to ruin anything if you do see next goal wins um but that was the point of this movie and i said i felt that the fact that it was that like the, it's not really like i think this is in the preview so i don't feel like i'm spoiling anything but their goal like, with the coach, was to get one goal. Literally, he yeah. He kept saying it, I just want one goal. Yeah. I don't, he's like, I'm not expecting anything. That's all I want. Yeah. And I I think the formulaic worked for that. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, everything else would have been like, we're going to go on and become the big, it's like, no. It's like, they just, that's all it was. Yep. And it was sort of like, take, took that and kind of turned it onto his head a little bit. Anyway. I yeah, I going. don't really agree that it's exactly formulaic. You're right. I, I don't understand... Sometimes I feel like critics just say something, just to say something. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. It's a feel-good movie, and it's funny, and it's sweet. Yeah, yeah It's a kind of, it got some serious stuff in it. Oh, yeah. Michael Fassbender does a great job. They said something like he was miscast. I'm like, what? No, I don't think so. I think he did a great job. He's a great, I think he's an underrated actor. I think he was in some bad movies, like kind of all in a row. So it's He was of, a good Magneto. Yeah, oh, he's fantastic. All right, uh, was there anything else you need to talk about, or uh, you were ready to move on to the pitch? I think I'm ready for the pitch, Mark. Okay, so a little context oh. with our pitch here. 
We had uh, we had a guest on the show once, and he gave a pitch <laughs> that was uh, it is the only pitch to not be green light lit. Yeah. Uh, and all of our, and it was about the, it was part of the Airbud franchise. Mm-hmm. So everybody that, all of our listeners that are huge Airbud fans, millions of them, yeah, were upset. And I know you were really angry. I you were like, too. we got to start planning guests better. We can't have people like him on here. That's what Jacob said. I'm like, well, he's a close friend of mine. Jacob's like, I don't care. Um, so you were very upset that he would, like, you don't even want him listening to it. Well, oh, said. no, I, I really like him, anyway. but I was pretty upset he killed everybody. <laughs> so, in honor to correct this, like, it, we'll never get it back. We'll never get our perfect record back. It is what it is. Yeah. But maybe we can redeem ourselves. <laughs> so this is an Airbud redemption pitch. It's so good. You haven't heard it yet. I know, but just the fact that Airbud's getting redeemed, Mark, it's perfect. It's for all you Airbud fans out there that were offended by that pitch. Uh-huh. So let's begin. Um, Airbud is an old athlete and a dog. Yep. Airbud is five. So in dog years, that's like he has to retire. Yeah. He's yep. like, you know, he's like in his 40s, I guess. So he's mastered football. Basketball, soccer, baseball, and volleyball. Yeah. You think Airbud would be ready to hang up the leash? You think so? And he's because he's like a canine Bo Jackson. <laughs> he really you know? is. He Even did, better, actually. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Bo Jackson only played two sports. He played five. <laughs> but you'd be wrong. He's not ready to quit. He thinks he still has some gas in the tank. So Airbud tells his wife and his kids, the buddies. That there is still gas in the tank, and he wants to prove everyone that he has it. Kind of like Rocky and Rocky Balboa. Uh Oh. The family says you don't need to prove anything to us, but he doesn't hear it. Now, keep in mind, I want to go back to the original Air Buds, so they don't really talk. Yeah. So this will be done with, like, barking and growling, and then maybe we'll... (laughs) Words on the screen. Maybe we'll do subtitles. I haven't decided yet. You should just call this movie, like, Bud or something, too. Well, wait, wait. Okay. (laughs) So he does his research. So he doesn't talk. He's a dog. He's a regular basketball, football, soccer, baseball, volleyball playing dog yeah. that apparently can research things. <laughs> I mean, I believe it. He can do all those other That's things. That's true. Yeah. And he begins research and find out what other spurts he can conquer. Yeah. So he goes for golf. Oh. And he fails. Oh, no. Because he doesn't know. He can't tell which, you know, what 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 club to grab. Yeah, it's he good. doesn't know. I don't either, bud. He tries pro wrestling, and he, he wins. Really? But then he finds out it's fake. <laughs> and he's like, wait a minute. So then he goes to sumo wrestling, uh-huh. and uh, he fails. Oh, man. So he can't, nothing fits. So he gets depressed. He's pretty depressed. He's down. And he spends a lot of time gambling and is at the track. So he's, he's going to do like a depression where he's drinking, and he's just gambling away all the family's money. Oh, no. Uh, so one day at the track, he's like on a, a bleachers, he's placing some bet, bets, Airbud Air gets knocked off the bleachers, mm-hmm. onto a shed, and he slips down, and falls, and he lands on a horse. <laughs> right as the gate opens, and the horse takes off! Yes! Yes! Airbud is able to grab the reins with his teeth... <laughs> Uh, and ride the horse, and somehow, 
He wins. Whoa. Airbud wins this race. Now, people are contesting this. They say, that's not right. That's not a jockey. That's a dog. But then somebody checks the rules. Guess what they say? What? Guess. There's no rule that a dog can't ride a horse. There's no rule a dog can't be a jockey. Yeah. Airbud found it. He's a horse jockey. Yes, yes, yes. At first, it's a miracle. His family is so proud of him. They cheer as he wins race after race. Becomes the world's greatest dog. But the winning edge becomes a drug to Airbud. Airbud is gone from his family more and more. Airbud starts starts hanging with strays. Oh no! Drinking out of strange toilets and sniffing strange butts. That's never good. No. Slippery slope. His wife, wife Bud. <laughs> wife. <laughs> That's so good. That's probably your name, Mark. <laughs> wife. upset and saying what's happened to my husband or she would if she could talk yeah Airbud leaves Airbud leaves the house he storms out there's a big race and his horse trips and it breaks his leg so the horse breaks his leg Airbud says I'll finish the race and runs but of course he comes in last place he can't see the horse now without a horse Airbud says he wants to race he says he wants to be the one racing the horses because his horse had to be put down uh-huh. Someone says, there's no rule that's there's no rule that a dog can't race horses. Even though it's right there in the name. <laughs> Airbud races and loses again by a lot. Oh no. Airbud meets a man who offers to sell him steroids. Uh-oh. Airbud begins injecting steroids into himself. Yeah. His speed increases. Uh, but he is still struggling to compete with the horses. He's also becoming mean and aggressive. One day, Wife Bud arrives at his hotel and begs him to stop and come home. Air Bud growls at her and kicks her out. She oh, leaves no. whimpering. Yeah, it's a sad day for the, the Bud family. The next race is the Kentucky Derby. That's which, a big one. Yeah. Air Bud is ready to complete, compete. And he shoots out the gate, making about 10 yards. And then he drops. Oh, no. He suffers a heart attack. Mark, are you going No, You can't do this again. A dog medic, because there's no rule that a dog can't be a doctor, runs over to him. This is great. <laughs> I love the fact this implies a dog going to medical school. <laughs> Sitting there with all the that movie. Patch Bud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all the students are like, hey, what's this dog doing in class? And the teacher's like, hey, there's no rule he can't be here. <laughs> so he performs surgery on Airbud and saves his life. Oh, good. He's good, good dog doctor. Airbud begins talking to a dog therapist because there's no rule a dog can be a therapist. And realize how foolish he's been. Airbud returns to his family just in time for Thanksgiving and thankful for everything he's had. Aw, it has a sweet ending. So yeah, he learns that he's made a mistake. He should be happy with everything he's got in life. I love it, Mark, and I greenlight it. Do you greenlight it? It's so it? heartwarming. It's nice to have a good Airbud movie pitched finally. And Bud, there's there's a arc there. Yes, thank you. Mark, you're not going to believe this. What? 
I wrote an Airbud pitch this week as well. You did? Yeah. Because everybody was upset. I, I just feel like we really needed to make a point. That's true. We got to redeem. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Oh, are you ready? I am. Now, I don't know if mine has as much heart as yours. That ended in a really sweet way. And I love the fact that Airbud started something because, like, now there's always opportunities for dogs like becoming doctors and stuff. <laughs> I, th- I like to think he was the beginning of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He changed. He changed. He was a trailblazer. Mine, I don't know. I don't know if mine's very deep. Okay. okay. So, after winning his 10th Super Bowl. I green light it. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. (laughs) It was, that is pretty impressive. 10 Super Bowls. Yeah, no kidding. Even more than Tom Brady. Yeah, is he the greatest football player of all time? (laughs) He is, yep. (laughs) Yep, he is, Mark. I would be Airbud and Tech Mobile. Okay. (laughs) And ironically, we pick up with Air Bud in the locker room. Bud is thinking about retirement. I see our minds were kind of in the same place. He wants to. How s- old is he? You think? Probably five. Wait, he's one ten. Wait, he's one ten. about that. Years? He's eleven. <laughs> so, uh, Bud is thinking about retiring. You know, settling. You know, kind of calming down more. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, a portal opens up. Whoa! <laughs> Airbud being a curious dog, because dogs like stuff. No, that's cats. Oh, cats. Well, Airbud, he's an outgoer, you know. Yeah, that's true. He uh, decides to walk up to the portal, and it sucks him in. Oh, no. And then he falls 300 years into the future. Bud is seen in a coal mining community that looks like something from the past, which is weird because it's the future. Everyone is gathered in the middle of town for some kind of ceremony, but no one's happy there. Just then... Bud hears a voice say, Primrose Everdeen, a, a commotion from the crowd, uh, and her sister named Katniss volunteers to take her place as tribute, whatever that is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bud, Bud automatically trusts Katniss, you know, he's a dog, he sees something in her, so he decides to gravitate towards her, he follows her and the other tribute, some guy named Peta, onto a train, then they arrive at the Capitol from the Hunger Games movies. Okay. Oh man, <laughs> Hungered Bud? Yep, yep, that's where we're going. There he is seen in the front row of a huge ceremony welcoming President Snow. President Snow has decided to select a bonus tribute for the <laughs> their Hunger Games this year. And after an overdramatic wait, President Snow points to Bud and says, How about this dog right here? And, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the first dog of the Hunger Games. Bud was automatically assigned to be with his trainer, who's played by Kevin James in this movie. Kevin James won the Hunger Games 35 years ago. Nice, good for him. Yeah, yeah, he did the good work. Um, uh, so him and, and, and Bud train, and uh, Kevin discovers that he has a gift for basketball. So the basketball would be Bud's weapon of choice. In Whoa. <laughs> Bouncing at people. I love it. <laughs> Listen, bud, you're going to get that gift you have, and you're going to win the Hunger Games. You're like the Michael Jordan of dogs. <laughs> it's true. It is. And a lot more. Well, your, your example is better. He really is the Bo Jackson. Yeah. Because he can do everything. Air Bud was ready. Well, as ready as he could ever be. He wanted to get back to his normal life of winning Super Bowls, NBA Finals, and World Series as a dog. <laughs> the, games be- the games begin. Uh, everybody runs into the center of arena to grab their weapons, you know, the kickoff of the Hunger Games. Thankfully, Bud gets his basketball and he runs away and hides. Over the course of the movie, we see Bud not kill anybody intentionally, but kill a bunch of people by accident. <laughs> That's 
funny. I'd love to see that. I was kind of thinking, like, wherever Bud goes, like, something happens bad. Yeah. Like, you know, there's this one scene in The Hunger Games where Katniss has to defend herself because she has no choice. She pushes, like, a bunch of bees into, like, these, you know, to other tributes. They're being bad to her. So I just think it'd be funny if, like, Airbud, like, walked by and, like, kicked a hive down or something and mm-hmm. it fell on a bunch of people. Like, them. he's peeing on the tree and then somehow <laughs> shakes it loose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I think that'd be funny. So Bud uses <laughs> Bud uses B, um, and there's a scene where um, uh, we kind of get down to like the end of the movie, you know, kind of the last tribute is left, and it just ends up being Bud and Katniss. Oh with, no! And one other person who's like the jerk tribute in this movie. Okay. Because all the Hunger Games I've noticed, they always have one person in it that's like. Oh, that guy's worse than the people at the Capitol. He's actually bad. You know, and he's in the Hunger Games. You know, they always do that. Yeah. It's kind of like The Walking Dead. Oh, there's somebody here worse than the zombies, you know. Yeah. But but Bud uses his basketball skills to distract the jerk while Katniss shoots him with an arrow. And that's not enough. Bud becomes worried. Just then, Kevin James sends a gift. Because they can do that via drones, you know, in the movie. The, the trainers can. It's a horseshoe. <laughs> One game after... Oh, it's one game that Bud hadn't mastered, but he was going to give it his best throw. He throws the tribute, uh, the the horseshoe, and it hits the tribute in the head. While Katniss shoots again at him and kills him. Katniss and Bud are about to both take poison, like the end of the first Hunger Games movie. So nobody wins, you know. Yeah. And then it, it ends just like it, you know. There can only be one winner, but the Hunger Games is like, hey, stop! You guys can both be winners, just like in the movie. A portal oh, then good. opens up after they win. It takes Bud back in time to his time, but he realizes he needs to go back and save the future. What's going on there obviously isn't good. So Bud Bud is able to go to his uh, science dog friend, Smart Bud. (laughs) I swear Mark and I didn't talk before we made these. We have like the same joke there though. (laughs) Smart Bud. (laughs) I'm going to warn you, Mark. This is where my story really goes off the rails. <laughs> oh, now it's getting weird. It is. Okay. <laughs> Smart Bud and him are able to harness time and make a time machine. Air Bud goes back in time to talk to J. Robert Oppenheimer. <laughs> so we meet Oppenheimer at the end of his movie. He's depressed because of all the destruction he caused with his atomic weapon. Mm-hmm. Bud says, there, there, Oppie. You can be a hero again. Come with me. <laughs> Hair Bud, Smart Bud, and J. Robert Oppenheimer are able to build a bomb together. And <laughs> they, they place it in the Capitol to kill President Snow and all the bad government people. <laughs> Wait! Yeah, because they used the time machine to go for Yeah, okay. The Bud, the Buds and Oppenheimer save the future and end future Hunger Games. At the end, we see Airbud, Katniss, Smart Bud, and Oppenheimer hanging out in a bar somewhere in time in like the middle. Yeah. Katniss then says to Oppenheimer, <laughs> "See, using mass destruction." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> using. <laughs> Using mass destruction isn't bad when you're doing it to bad people. <laughs> and then at the other end of the bar, we hear Sylvester Stallone say, Bad people are jumbo shrimp. Everyone laughs, and the movie fades to black. 
I I have one problem. I don't know that I can green light it. What's that, what's that mark? Is there a rule that says a dog can't build a time machine? There's not. Oh, well, the green light. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Green light. I love it. <laughs> There's also no rule that says a dog. A dog and Jumbo Shrimp being in the same movie. Oh, okay. Jumbo Shrimp is our favorite character from 2024. <laughs> nobody knows what we're talking I about. Know. See, I know. I used a few characters from 2024. You did. Off in yeah. And Hunger Games. Um. Well, I think we redeemed ourselves. I think so. I think the Airbud community will finally be pleased. They He's can rest a hero again. He is. He is very much so. Uh, so I, I love it. Thanks, Mark. I loved yours too. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Two, two pitches in one week. You, uh-huh. you know who's thankful right now? Our listeners. Yes. You guys got two in a week, and they're both Airbud. Yes. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for listening. Um, Let's get to our golden pitch. How many do we need? We need uh, 50 million. 50 million, yep. or we could do it on a one year anniversary. That's all. Oh, that's true. Should we do it? Let's see uh, what comes first. Well, if we get to 50 million listeners or a one year anniversary. That's a good idea. Which I think is in January. Oh, well, there's time. <laughs> yeah, we're right around the corner. Yep. Well, and when this comes out. Yeah, it's true. I would be surprised if we didn't have 50 million next week. I know this is going to go viral. <laughs> Air viral. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, well, thank you so much. I'm Mark. I'm Jacob. Have a happy holidays. Bye. Have a great Thanksgiving. You have, have a great one. All right. Thank you. <laughs>